welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Please take your seats this morning as we come around the Word of God. I always get very moved at those words. Particularly that hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's a one time of the year, Christmas, you know, I've told you a million times over how I love this time of the year, the season of good cheer. Because it, it is probably the one time of the year that has really something to say to us. It's a beautiful, God-filled time of the year. And it's a time when we as Christians pay due diligence to the most remarkable miracle that has ever, ever, ever happened. There's never anything bigger than this. this it doesn't get anything greater than this. Now, in the sixth month, an angel, Gabriel, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And she'll call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I have not known a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power from the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who was to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now her sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let this be according to your, done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah. And greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. That the babe leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then then she spoke out with a loud voice and said. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me. That the mother of my Lord should come to me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Hallelujah. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. 
He has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in their imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. And may God bless you and I as we face this Christmas time as a church, as individuals, as families, as we celebrate right, rightly the incredible miracle of what is known as the incarnation. As I said to you, this is the greatest of all revelations. This is the one that defies all logic. This is the one, friends, that tests the, the true uh, faith of the Christian, but not with Mary. Hallelujah. She passed the test with all of its consequences, with all of its inconsistencies, with all of this, how could this possibly be? There was a, hers was a, a holy courage, a submission to the will of God. That is why she was from all generations remembered as blessed, amen, because of the way she embraced the things of God. Here in the scripture, we are now coming to the apex of all the teaching of the scriptures. We are coming to that great point, friends, where, where the scriptures are leading us from the very garden story where Adam, our first father who gave us life, also gave us death. And that's the sad reality. You and I go on to do exactly the same with our offspring. We give them life, but we give them every flaw of our nature. And the nature of every father before them. Every breakdown. It's true, friends. History repeats itself. You begin to see it as you get older when you have your own children. What you hate most in them is when you see yourself in them. That's what it is. When you see all those flaws that you know are yours. That come from you and are now in them. You gave them life, but you gave them death. But the promise of God the Father that he would send forth a seed that has gone and reverberated through all of history. And the most remarkable miracle, after the Bible says, in the fullness of time, at the right time, there had never been a greater time than this when God had settled civilization to a level where the Roman roads reached to all known civilizations, where culture was at a premium, where discussion and philosophies were throughout the Roman Empire and Grecian Empire, where men and women had exhausted religious attempts to self-better themselves. You think that self-betterment is just an American term. No, no, friends. That was a term that went right back. Try to make yourself better. Through philosophy and help and yoga and fitness and gods and every other way. Obedience to laws and obedience to, to, uh, to different sort of treadmill experiences to make yourself a better person. But all had been exhausted. Everyone had been exhausted. The world has seen up to now many heroes, many great leaders, many great pastors, many great... Uh, kings, many great captains, many great preachers, many great prophets. Up to this point, they lived and they died. They brought a, a limited level of, of reprieve, a limited level of relief to them around them. The great ones of old, the prophets of old, the preachers of old, the patriarchs of old. They brought a level of relief, friends. But there was nobody going to ever do what this babe was going to do. 
Nobody in all of history was dwarfed because all they could do was point to a greater time, a promise that God himself made right to our forefather Adam, right in the middle of the garden when everything went awry, when even Adam didn't realize to the extent of how he had broken the covenant with God. He didn't realize the full ramifications of saying, I will do without the tree of life. Let me have knowledge. Let me have good and evil knowledge and let me separate them out and let me live by my own recognizes. And so that became part of the pattern of man. Adam passed on to us that same lust for self-betterment, that same the lust for self-belief, that same internal desire to establish ourselves, somehow make ourselves look better than our peers or appear better than what we really are. And that's what all religions do. They barely, barely just mask. They, they only mask friends. They only paper over the cracks that is truly underneath is someone that's very broken and someone very needy. Much as we all like to present ourselves as best we can to people and to put the best side out, we all know what we're like. Can you say amen? amen? We all know when the music fades and all is swept away. We all know, friends, when life starts to run down, when we begin to see things change and shift beneath us, but we are just made from the clay of this earth. From the clay you were made and clay you returned, the Bible says. There is that haunting, fiendish voice within that tells us of the true reality of our soul, how sick and how broken it is. And yet man in his stubbornness through millennia sought to put God wrong or make, put God right. All the, putting it up to God saying, show me the way forward, show me the rules, show me the regulations, and I'll keep them. Through my own power will I bring about salvation. I will ascend the hill of the Lord. That has always been the way of fleshly men and women to think that somehow we can climb that mountain. We saw it in Nimrod as he built Babel out of an arrogant spirit, a very powerful warrior man, a man that was full of I can do it, a man that believed that we can make a way to God. God has become aloof because of our failure, but we can impress him. We can build a basilica to him. We can build myriads of churches. We can build architecture. We can show ourselves to be creative as he is creative. We can make a way, bridge the gap, and all to no avail, friends. All to no avail. Broken is humanity, but the promise still stands. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, you might be in here and you might be broken from all your attempts to impress God, but the promise still stands today. God has elected himself someone on your behalf. God has elected to himself a plan of salvation that should, be, should, it be, should he be received will bring about the greatest deliverance for you and I and for this entire world. Here we see there has been no one like Jesus. From his annunciation to this lowly Jewish girl, we see this re most remarkable re reaction from her. She is, it, Luke tells us that in, in chapter 219, he says, Mary pondered. She, she pondered all these things. She, she pondered, of course she pondered, not only of the event of giving birth to the Christ child, but the annunciation that somehow something miraculous was going to happen to her and that this young Jewish girl, probably 15 or 16 years old, was going to conceive by the Holy Ghost and bring forth the Son into this world. He's going to be the Savior. You should call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now, I don't know about you, but that's mind-blowing. 
That's way beyond a story, friends. She's either totally crazy or God has met with her. But in time, God who spoke that truth began to bring it about through his miraculous power. It wasn't a rich, influential woman, some princess, some civic leader, but a nobody, an obscure nobody, yet she's in the lineage of King David. She's of the Davidic line. He's of the Shemenic line. The first priest of Noah, his son Shem, out comes that lineage of priests. King David may have said of himself in sin, did my mother conceive me? But no such language will be used of this child. Hallelujah. As with all humanity, we were all conceived in the same way, friends. That's right. One day, your dad came home and he cut your mother's toenails and he planted them. And you were born. I remember hearing that once thinking, I think the other way was far better. But not with this. This is an exception to the rule. Every hero, God says, I look for a man among them to stand in the gap on behalf of the people. But I found no one. Not one. That's what history teaches us. If you think you can move forward without God and do it on your own uppers, on the strength of your education or your disciplines or your character or personality, if you think you can roll back the tide that is sweeping through your veins, if you think that somehow you can suppress the most natural unctions, which is to sin. Sinners love to sin. The very thing that we love kills us, destroys us. We have these moments of understanding that this, his very nature is driving me further from happiness, further from fulfillment, further from God into despair. But thanks be to God, he came to save us from ourselves. Can you say amen? amen? There comes a time when you and I, like you and I have already experienced, maybe someone here hasn't, but I hope you will by the end of the sermon. Do you come to a time in your life where you begin to say, if God doesn't do a miracle, then I'm going to be the same forever. And the prospects of that are not very appealing. I said the prospects of that are not appealing. If God doesn't do something for humanity, humanity is doomed. No preacher says that with, with glee. Nobody thinks that's a good thing, friends. Look around our, war, our world today full of war. Rumors of war. You see the brokenness. You see how people are. You see how everything's falling apart. You see how knowledge has not brought us the solutions. Technology has not made us happier. Education has not sedated us, friends. The hunger for reality, the hunger for significance, the hunger for something more. No, none of them have scratched even barely the itch. In actual fact, they've compounded our misery. We've climbed in the last 120 years so fast, so, so far, so soon. We got there. We got up to the top of the mountain of what man can achieve. And now we're looking at self-destruction, societal destruction. Everything that we are begins to be melting away and breaking away. Thank God that God is faithful this morning. Thank God he said, I've come that you could have life and have it abundantly. Praise his wonderful name. No other human was going to come into this world like he was. 
as with all humanity, as with all people, we were created the same way. And it was the genetics of our father determined what sort of blood group we were. There's only four major blood groups which really turn into eight. You've got your A and B and AB and O and the positive and negative. Each of those gives you roughly eight blood groups. And that genetics was determined by your daddy. None of your mother's blood ran through your system. It's a biological fact. I'm not educated, but I had to check these things up a long time ago. It's a biological fact, friends. None of your mom's blood flowed through you. Your, your platelets and your blood was determined by the genetics of your father. Oh, hallelujah, this is the exception to the rule. I just wonder what blood group our heavenly Jesus was, friends. When the Bible says in John chapter 1, when, when John talks about the Logos, the intelligence of God, the eternal intelligence of God becoming physically formed into a human being, becoming flesh. That is an enormous thing. Paul tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 2 that he emptied himself, talking about Christ. The word is kenosis in the Greek. It's denoting a, a, an emptying, a self-emptying, not of being God but of his prerogatives of, God, of Godhood. In other words, living the life that the, he asked the first Adam to live. I will become part of the human race. I will become divinely linked to the human race. I will, they will be bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Mary bought the genetic link to, to, to the Davidic line through that egg, but it was the Holy Spirit that touched that in the most supernatural way that some some exception to the rule was going to be born into this world that would be fully God and fully man. Thank God that's the way. Thank God it's not just some new person that's born. <coughs> the world is always looking for a superhero. The world is always looking for the, the man or the woman that's above the average, you know, that can save us. Everybody from Superman to Batman and everything in between it. And every one of them have their flaws. But I want to tell you, there's no supermen, there's only a super Christ, hallelujah, who came into this world through divine, divine, supernatural, powerful origins. This was something that was going to, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Latin they call it verbum caro factum est. The word became flesh. You need to understand that, Christian, because that's a very important building block for our Christianity. Jesus didn't just take on a shape. He wasn't a shapeshifter. No, no, friends. He just didn't all of a sudden just come into an appearance as a man. The Bible talks about that in other eras, but it's only building off the concept of John's gospel where John says, no, something happened here that has never happened before. That was stretch the very faith and thinking and science of the intellectual man or woman. It tests it to the point, friends, where it also shows you the remedy because Mary was no fool. She would have known the birds and the bees, okay? She would have understood that nobody's going to accept this story. She's going to she knew that everybody, she was going to be ostracized if she ended up pregnant and she goes to her betrothed and says, by the way, I'm three months pregnant. You can imagine the attitude from Joseph, not just Joseph, but his family, not just his family, her family, not just her family, her neighbors, her society around. Did you hear the one coming out with this, this crazy story? She understood, friends, but when you have a revelation from God, hallelujah, 
when the life of God comes to you as it came to her and she embraced it in holy faith, comes a confidence in the story. Amen. Comes a confidence. And that's what the Christian truly has. You know, we can talk about the philosophical side and the deep religious memes of this. And they're all there and they're very rich and it's not for this morning per se. But it really comes, the revelation comes by faith. The revelation of the reality of who Christ is comes to every Christian from a relationship point of view. That's why we left being religious, amen. Where we just followed rituals and we didn't know whether we were in God or outside of God. But coming into the, re re the relationship, the living life that comes from him, that's what gives us the confidence to say, as, the, as, as Paul himself said, I know who I have believed and I am persuaded, amen, that he is able. Praise God this morning, every blood washed, every regenerate, born again, man, woman, boy or girl this morning. Because I may not know thermodynamics. I may not know biology. I may not know any level of discipline. But I know this, that I know him. And in knowing him, I have life and have it abundantly. And this 15-year-old, 16-year-old young woman embraced the word of the Lord. This young Jewish girl who now is going to bring forth the God-man. This moral break, this exception to the rule is brought about supernaturally. Hallelujah. Amen. And Mary's response is calm and it's dignified and it's pure. Oh, I just think this is such incredible scripture. It's an incredible, some, we can just read over the start of Matthew and the start of Luke and miss the genesis of the story, the simplicity of it. It's all too simple for the religious man or woman or the the natural man. The Bible says the natural man, it's alien to him. It's alien to him. It's alien to how he thinks. The natural man is always trying to fix things with the natural ability. And as I said earlier in this message, just look back through our history. Tell me whoever fixed it in the natural. Now as we are today, friends, in so much more of trouble because we have rejected the knowledge of God and all we're left now is with man's knowledge. And man's knowledge has brought nothing. Her response was phenomenal. Her submission, her submission is an instance of the most holiest of courage. She's going to become an object of suspicion to Joseph and others. Her reputation is going to be ruined. It's a great ordeal that she's going to encounter. But she bows to the divine will and asks God to do with her as he pleases. Oh my gosh, this morning... I don't know what you're facing, but can you bow to the will of God? Can you bow to the will of God this morning? How can you realize, because you know, this is, this is an instance of how to respond when God's speaking to you. Uh, you know, it, and every Christian embraces this, but it has ramification for every year, every area of your life. How she bows in holy submission to the Lord. What a tremendous example Faith alone will sustain her. God will vindicate her in due season. And when you put your trust in this God-man, he will vindicate you, friends. It, you don't need to vindicate yourself. You don't need to defend yourself, amen. You don't need to be having to put every point A and point B together for every person out there. Yes, we will bring our discussions. Yes, we will bring our philosophies. Yes, we believe there's a huge intellectual value. But our Christianity is not merely based upon some sort of scientific understanding or intellectual concept. It's based upon a revelation that Christ has already been shed abroad in our hearts. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The precious blood, the Bible says it's not, the Apostle Peter said it's not with the paltry things like silver and gold are you purchased with, but with the precious blood of Jesus. You see, friends, the blood of bulls and goats up to now could never take away sin. It could never take away the damage that Adam had brought into this world. Had no ability to fix the problem. It only merely was there to somehow to cover it until the fulfillment of Christ came in. So God could still have a relationship with man in the journey of the fulfillment of the promise of, of Genesis. And so we have this incredible, this incredible truth delivered to this young woman. This blood that speaks a better word than the blood of bulls and goats and animals, friends. In Matthew 27, after Judas had betrayed the Lord Jesus, he makes a very telling statement about the blood of Christ. He said, I have betrayed the innocent blood. Not the innocence, the innocent blood. There was going to be something about the blood of Jesus because it's holy blood. It's divine blood. It's the blood that can take away the sins of the world, friends. It's the blood that can cleanse and wash and be held before the Father as the fulfillment of the justice and the undoing and the reverse of what Adam did to the human race. It is the ultimate fix where the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. John the Baptist, those few years later, would stand and see him as he came to the end, edge of the Jordan. And he would say with a loud voice, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Everything is at stake here, friends. Amen. Everything is coming together. History is coming to this point. The Christ child being born. The annunciation. The titles that are given to him. The, the, the incredible revelations that are beginning to fuse right in the womb of this virgin. And she receives it with such confidence and courage. And I ask you a question this morning. How, mu how, mu how much are you willing to risk for the Lord? She risked everything. She, ripped her rep she risked her reputation. Childbirth in those times was a dangerous thing. You didn't have the A&Es and you didn't have the obstetricians and you didn't have the scans. You lived in a Roman world where there was a lot of volatility so you could say possibly her health, possibly her life, possibly stoning if they got mad enough with her with a big whopping lie like she's going to tell as, she, as some would see it. Certainly her reputation with people will be risk our reputation, the most precious portion of our heritage, if God so clearly asked us to do it. And I want to tell you, when you embrace Christ as Lord and Savior, as the God-man, this world will criticize you. I say this world will look at you as being both deluded and, 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 and off in every way. This world will have issues with you. This world will deny your testimony. This world will come against you and say it's just a figment of your imagination. But I want to tell you, stand strong, friends, because God who started the work in you will bring it to completion. 
The Apostle Paul says, I have labored among you that I would see Christ formed within you. And just as God was being formed in the womb of the virgin, so the testimony of Christ has been formed in every Christian. No matter how young you are in the Lord, no matter how weak, no matter how new you are to the gospel, how, how old you are, Christ has been formed in you. This is the reality when you walk with him, when you stay with the plan. And that's all Mary could do. She said, behold the handmaiden of the Lord, let it be done to me according to all that you said. It's the same with every Christian. When we invite Christ into our lives, the Bible says he comes in through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we walk with him, one week, two weeks, one, week, one month, six months, nine months, you start to see the glory of God. Nine years, 90 years, however long you're walking, Christ has been formed in you. And all the attributes of that Christ nature begin to take seed in your life. I want to tell you, if you see anything in me or in you, you know it's not of me. No, no. Any good in me? No, no, no. In my flesh, what a no good thing. But Christ came into my life. Hallelujah. If you see love, acts of love, it's all glory to him. If you see kindness, it's all glory to him. If you see long suffering, it's all glory to him. Because these are the attributes as Christ is formed in every Christian. This is what Mary was ready to do. She was ready to risk reputation. Why? Because she knew that the angel had said, you're going to give birth and this is going to be the savior of the world. And God would have to establish his own word. It's not for you and me to have to defend God. I want to tell you, friends, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. As you let Christ be formed in you, as you submit to the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you begin to see the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That's the journey of every Christian to maturity. Some, started, some are just starting on that journey. Life is there. You don't have a lot of fruit, but life is there. New direction has come. New relationship, new standings. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and all things are becoming. So don't be worried. If you look in the mirror and say, I'm still not where I should be, don't worry. He's not finished with you. You've got a bit more living to do, amen? He's got more work to do in you. Don't despise that. Because he loves you. He loves you all the way through the journey. He loved Mary every step of the way. From the time she embraced the plan to the time she started to ache and pain. I want to tell you, there's going to be aches and pains in your journey. There's going to be discomforts in your journey. There's going to be hostilities in your journey. There's going to be rejections in your journey. And people won't want to hang out with you. People won't want you in their home. People won't want you around. Why? Because there's something about who's in you begins to agitate them. There's something about the things that you won't do agitates them. The things that you do, do agitates them. And they won't want you. There'll be no room in many inns for the Christian. There will be no rooms for some of us friends, sometimes in our own homes, among our wider family. Rejection, ostracization, but I want to tell you, she held on till that Christ child was formed in her. Hallelujah. And you hold on. At this Christmas time, remind yourself of who it is that lives in you. The God-man through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hang on. Hold on to your confidence, the writer of Hebrews says, because it would be richly rewarded. Say richly with me this morning. Oh, if you think that it's just the 25th of December, you're going to get enriched with some presents. You are already rich in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot get any richer than what you are. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. 
Oh, we just get a little reminder of good things and giving and kindness. It points us back to an incredible story. But I'm a rich man this morning. Oh, what a chill. Let, let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done. And what has the Lord done? He has come and visit his lowly people. You and me. You and me are the Marys of this world. You and me are the continuation of the story. You and me carry the light of the gospel. You and I, friends, are the only hope for this world. And we carry within us the very light of his Holy Spirit to bring the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a wonderful Savior. The angel's message comes to us as it came to her. The apostle says, I labor till Christ is formed in you. Mary kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. The wonder of the, poop, of the people would soon pass away. You'll go through moments of real humdrum as a Christian. The euphoria of every pregnancy. Oh, it's great for the first excitement, but it gets achy. It gets painy. It gets to a place where you say, I want it out of me. Amen. I just remember my wife saying, you're never touching me again. I'm not going through this ever again. Some of you only got that now. <laughs> We're all mostly adults in this room. I've explained to you it's far better than cutting toenails and planting them. But there's times in that pregnancy where it's aching and it's paining and it becomes secondhand news and other things take center stage. It's like our testimony. There's that great romance moment where for good or for evil, everybody knows and everybody sees and everybody takes a position. Oh, it's, it's vogue, it's there. It's all, it's all happening. And you got the enthusiasm of having that testimony, that revelation of the Holy Spirit. But when the music fades, friends, when the attention goes away, when the mind games start, when the enemy begins to attack, she pondered everything that the angel said. And that's where you and I need to do, to ponder in our hearts the testimony of God. What's going to see you through the difficult times I remember as a boy of 11 going on 12 years of age, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember going through the waters of baptism. I remember the presence of God that filled my family home and filled my own life. And there's been many wearisome days in between that, some great days too, but some many humdrum, difficult times where my faith was under attack. But as I began to remember, as I began to lift up my eyes, as I began to ponder the miracles of God, I want to encourage you, you should come to Christmas this, this Christmas time. Begin to ponder in your heart, Christian. Not just what you're going to get under the tree, but who it is that lives in you. What he done. Christ who gave himself for you. That fills you with his love. That carries you on his arms when you can't even walk. He carries you in eagle's wings, the scriptures tell us. She pondered them. The wonder of the people would soon pass away, friends. Encounters with God are conserved and deepened through reflection and prayer. I said they are conserved and they are deepened when you begin to reflect and pray. This is a blessed secret. Keep pondering. The seed of faith has to fall into the earth <laughs> and sometimes abide many days before it breaks through in res resurrection joy, till Christ be formed within thee. The journey will be isolation at times, sorrowful, suspicious. But ponder in your heart the promises of God. 
Mary did as a young teenager. You don't need to know all the answers. I touched on a few ideas of the kenosis, the word becoming flesh, the God, man, and the incredible miracles that defy all the scientific thinking of our world today, friends. But I do it on the basis of an authority that I know who have believed and am persuaded. I do it on the known quantity that this is not just some sort of conjecture in the scripture, but Christ Jesus is still coming into lives today. Christ is still flooding the wombs of virgin men and women, amen. Filling them with his presence, bringing the new life of God until he is formed in them. To that, I want to tell you, Christmas is an everyday event. Right now, as we sit in this auditorium, there is tens of thousands of people around this world becoming full of God. Hallelujah. Embracing the very overture of the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that brooded over the face of the chaos of this world and spoke into its darkness and brought about order. Came to the womb of the virgin, overshadowed that and spoke order. Came to the lives of you and me and over the chaos and darkness that was around us and in us, began to shine his life and spoke order into our hearts. And he is still doing it today. Christmas is not 2,000 years ago. Christmas is not the 25th of December. Christmas is every day because our Holy Spirit is forming Christ even as we speak. Men and women are coming to the Savior. Hallelujah. I will build my church. And the gates of hell, brothers and sisters, will not prevail against it. What a gospel we have. What a message. Ponder it, friends. Meditate on his word. Recall it. Recite it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind as you open up the scriptures and pray. The Holy Spirit is forming Christ in you. Unworthy as you are. Insignificant immature, weak. It doesn't matter. We're all that way. We just need to grow up and understand how bad we really are. If you think you're of any elevation, then there's a work needs to be done in you. We are all humbled here. We are all brought to the place till Christ is formed in you. He is the hope of glory. He is the resurrection and the life. And it pleased the Father to reveal him in you and I. Hallelujah. What a gospel. What an exception to the rule, this child. What a savior, friends, we live, we serve. I said, what a savior we serve. Hallelujah, Lord. Let me read you this final closing scripture. May God bless you this morning. I'm getting excited because I love what these truths represent. I love the reality that this is something that is so powerful for all of us. To leave you encouraged again. Let me read you from the words of Isaiah chapter 43. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I've called you by name. You are mine. You don't belong to yourselves anymore. You've been purchased with the innocent, precious blood of a different type. A blood that cleanses. A blood that speaks a better word. A blood that has promises that are yes and amen. When you pass through the waters, you know what that is, don't you? 
I was there when our, all my sons were born and I saw them pass through the waters. That's what it means. From the moment your mama pushes you out, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. It also means the waters of life, as, as, as in going through a flood. And when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And you walk through, when you walk through fire, it will not burn you. Nor, from the, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Can you hear Jesus speaking this morning to you and to me? I am being formed in you. I am being formed in you. I am with you. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for your, your place. Since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Hallelujah. I have loved you. I have loved you, says the Lord. Because of love. Because of love, friends. He did what some would say is the impossible. But he did it. Some would say it's unconscionable that he, div divinity, could be part of the Godhead. But he did it. He qualified himself to become man, to save man. If you have any moments to consider this Christmas, consider him leaving his glory. And now God can say, I have found a man. I looked for a man throughout history that would stand in the gap on behalf of the people and I found none. But behold the man. It was announced even by Pilate. This is our God, the servant king. This is what it's all about, friends. Someone who would stand in the gap, lay his hand upon you divinely and his hand upon God and reconcile us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one being formed in me. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and you became part of this human race, forever altered, biologically linked. That's why he is now the second Adam, the life-giving spirit who is still giving life today. Will you stand with me this morning as we just finally... Before him, give our praise to the Lord. As the worship band are coming, would you raise your hands to him and just say, Lord Jesus, I get it. I get it. Nobody else could do the journey that you were going to do for humanity. Nobody else could live the life of obedience as a servant the way Adam was called, but you did. You were born of the will of the Heavenly Father. You lived by the will of the Heavenly Father and you died by the will of the Heavenly Father. 
and through your obedience perfected yourself to become that one that would intercede forever on behalf of every man, woman, boy, and girl, for he ever lives to make intercession for you. Have confidence this morning in what he's doing in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you praise this morning, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you glory this morning, Jesus. Come on, just raise your hands to him and thank him today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're backslidden this morning. I don't know what condition you're in. Maybe you don't know the Lord. But I know one thing that you know and you sense the presence of God is here. I know you do. I know you sense God here. I sense him here this morning all through the worship. Even words that you sang, maybe as a child, hymns that you sang. Maybe you never grew up in church, but you heard these hymns on television. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail incarnate deity. Maybe now you begin to get it. That this is what a plan for you, salvation, the way forward for you. I encourage you, give your life to Christ. Let him be formed in you as he's been formed in others, as he was formed in Mary. Let him bring all his attributes to bear true in you and through you. May your life be a reflection of who he is in all his godliness and all his purity and holiness. If you're here this morning, I want every eye closed for a moment. There might be one person here who says, I'm ready to let Christ be formed in me. That's being born again, by the way. Christ being formed in you. If there's one here this morning saying, I'm coming up to Christmas, I so want to be born again. I so want the Holy Spirit living in me. I so want to be right with God. Put your hand where I can see it. I can pray for you from here. It might be just one person this morning that God is drawing your heart at this time. Just raise your hand so I can see it. I won't embarrass you. God bless you. Is there anyone else this morning say, I want Christ to be formed in me. I want this to be my miracle at Christmas. I want this to become true for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see one hand. Anyone else? Is there some other person you want to give your life to the Lord coming up to Christmas? Maybe somebody online watching. I can't see you, but the Lord sees you. It doesn't matter about me seeing you. What matters is God sees you. Raise your hand to him wherever you are. And say, oh, Jesus. I give you my life. Let it all be done to me according to your will. Take my life, Lord, and do with it as you will. I don't want to belong to myself anymore. I submit to you. Hallelujah. I submit to you. Let Christ be formed in me today. And may the fruit of that be seen in the days and weeks, months and years ahead of my life that people will see and take note that Christ is living in me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, friends, just worship. Hallelujah, just for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com. Or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.